This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, and welcome to this Pax What She Said recap. It is another Victory Monday. The Packers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14-12 to yesterday. Um, really interesting game i would say not sure it played out the way i was expecting to but uh maggie hello happy monday how are you feeling how are you feeling about this game i mean i feel better that it's victory monday and we're not dissecting a loss because i think you know going into this one it had similar vibes to the vikings game where it was a really daunting road test against an nfc opponent that the packers you know theoretically might have to see later on in the playoffs and it just felt like this one was more manageable for the Packers as far as making the adjustments that they needed to. And I think they held on. So we talked kind of going into the game about, you know, there were different things where was it going to be like a defensive slugfest? The Packers couldn't afford to make mistakes, all those like keys to victory. And fortunately for the Packers, the Bucks just made a couple more mistakes that Green Bay was able to capitalize on. So Really glad they hung on to this one. I think it's I think I don't think one and two would have been like a death sentence for them, obviously, three games into the season, but definitely feels a lot better for the Packers to be sitting at two and one and have two of their biggest road tests out of the way by week four. Yeah. And the the schedule gets a little bit easier from here on out as well, which is which is nice. This game felt like Matt LaFleur's first season to me, where the Packers used to come out like really hot, all the scripted plays worked out, and then either defenses picked up on it or something changed and then they just like kind of rode out the lead that they had for as long as they possibly could. And obviously this one was riding it out until literally stopping a two point conversion. So I thought it was really interesting. Not, I don't want to call it a regression, just more like a reminder of kind of how far the Packers have come and what we, you know, you were used to at the beginning and, and what we kind of, have, we have different expectations of them now. And granted, they had plenty of opportunities for it to be 21 to three, at least with that Aaron Jones fumble. So there was a, there's a lot to unpack here. I called it the tale of two halves. The first half, obviously, the Packers were completely dominant. Rodgers only had one incompletion, I believe, just absolutely dealing the ball 
all around. And then the second half, I mean, credit to the Bucks defense. I think they came back out after halftime with a really good game plan to, to stop this Packers offense. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think it's one of those games. I, I'm glad you said 2019 because that's what it felt like to me where you were just waiting for everything to fire on all cylinders. Like you were waiting for the offense to have the kind of game where, you know, when the offense wasn't performing in 2019, it was we got a defense and the defense was, you know, keeping the team close or, you know, there was never really, I guess, a special teams opportunity for them to take the game over in 2019. But that same kind of ideal where we were waiting for them to play in all three phases. And I think this was kind of one of those games where the offense had things rolling and credit to the defense, you know, the defense played well, I think the entire game, but we were just waiting for things to feel like they were clicking and playing like an absolutely complete game. Yeah. And they just, I mean, the, it clicked the first half, I would say until the fumble. Right. Um, But I think there's still, I mean, we've been saying this since week three, they're two and one, but like still so much to improve upon. Um, let's start with the offense because the offense to me was, I mean, the defense, like just, I think full stop played a really, really great game. Um, and obviously I think they get the credit for this win, but the offense was really interesting to me because like we said, they came out really hot. Everything that was scripted looked great. Matt LaFleur was just in his bag, right? Run game, play action, RPOs, all of it looked amazing. Um, and then in the second half, I think, I mean, my opinion, I, I just, you know, just off watching it last night, it just, the Bucks were able to stop the run. And like, once you kind of capped Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon from being able to get any kind of like meaningful yardage, the, the passing game just completely went away. And I think also credit to the Bucks secondary who we knew going into this game, right. That the Bucks secondary is one of the best in the league and they're going to make this really, really difficult. And they didn't in the first half. And then they kind of, they clearly like went in at halftime and said, we, we got to make some adjustments here. And when you couldn't get, when the Packers couldn't get the run game going, the, the passing game also pretty much fell apart. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting too, just kind of the dynamic of both defenses and how they, they were so aggressive in stopping the run. Leonard Fournette, I think, finished the day with like 36 yards. And yes, he had, you know, some nice receptions for some big chunks, but 36 yards on the ground. I thought it was interesting. The Packers only had three first downs by running plays and the Bucks only had one. So a lot of that first first down production really came from the passing game. And like you said, you know, we knew going into this game that it's like 100 degrees, it's hot. These teams are going to get gassed specifically on defense. And the key to that is going to be sustaining drives to give your defense an opportunity to rest. So the fact that they were able to to shut down the run game as effectively as they did, especially knowing kind of the way that the Packers gave up huge chunks of yardage to David Montgomery last week, Leonard Fournette was going to be the guy for this offense. And the fact that they held him in check, I think, says a lot about you know the progress that they made, especially in a hostile environment on the road where he was going to have to be um, kind of the hero of the day for them. Yep, for sure. Um, it's funny that he only had 36 yards because Aaron Jones also had 12 carries for 36 yards. Um, AJ Dillon with 32. So run game was not really there, I guess, for anybody in this game. Um, but two very, very, very good defensive lines, right? Doing their jobs and and wrecking the pocket. So um, let's talk about Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> well, yes, please. That was awesome. Um, I... I just love the rookie stepping up. Like we kind of joked before this 
game. Oh, this is going to be the Romeo Dobbs like breakout game. And yet it was um, eight catches, 73 yards, his first NFL touchdown, which um, I love the celebrations of everyone around him. Even Rogers was super, super fired up about that. Um, you know, when Watkins goes down, Christian Watson couldn't play. You knew somebody was going to have to step up. And I think actually all the receivers had really nice days. Um, it may not look like it too much on the stat sheets, but I mean, Cobb had two really big catches. Um, Lazard out there doing his thing with the touchdown and some awesome blocks. But this was Dobbs's game, right? This was the rookie stepping up when opportunities presented themselves and making some really, really big plays for this offense. I think he was even open like more than Rodgers hit him on. So I'm expecting him to be a big part of this offense moving forward. Yeah, and I think it was really nice to see against, you know, a, a stifling buck secondary where we weren't sure kind of what the productivity would look like through the air to see the significant chunks of yardage. Dobbs had the long of 21. Al Lazard had a long of 26. Cobb had the longest of the day, which was 40. Tyler Davis got in there for a 23-yard reception. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was really nice to see that, especially, you know, because we talked about, yes, Rodgers threw, like, one untimely interception, which is still rare for him, but again... Always in Tampa. Always, Always. yeah. He's never going back to Raymond James. It's a good thing the Super Bowl's not there because, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, just the way that they were able to chunk yardage together and sustain these drives, I thought was really impressive because it felt kind of like the offense had stalled out, you know, at at peak moments the last couple weeks. So you think about them capitalizing on that third touchdown drive with the untimely fumble, and it's a completely different ball game, I think, from there. I mean, seeing in hindsight the way the defense was playing, like that definitely would have been the dagger in, even though it was still the first half. Um, I do think, I don't know. Like I said, it was a tale of two halves. Like Rogers was getting the ball out really quick. The first half, he was like hitting his reads, run game was working. And the second half, I felt like it was the opposite, right? Where he was kind of dancing around. He couldn't really find anybody open, whether that was true or not. He says, you know, he couldn't. Um, So I, I am curious. This, this offense has to get to a place where they're able to kind of hit on what they need to, even when the quote-unquote scripted plays are over, because I think that was the struggle in the second half. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, too. And again, it's early. You know, they've, they've played three games, and they've played against some really stout defenses up to this point. But, you know, there's still a lot of self-inflicted wounds, and I think when the Packers are able to clean those up, we're talking about an offense that is fully capable of putting up you know, 25 plus points. And Aaron Rodgers said it like our defense is holding teams to 12 points. And when your defense holds a team to 12 points, you historically should be able to win all of those games. But he talked about, you know, putting the game away. He said he could have thrown a better ball to Aaron Jones in the first half. Yeah. Talked about, you know, when uh, Juwan Winfrey and Romeo Dobbs kind of crossed each other too closely and their feet got tangled. That should have been an easy first down games on ice. You run the clock or you kick a field goal. So assuming the offense can kind of get out of its own way, you know, and get through some of these growing pains. I think the defense is showing out the way that it needs to special teams played fantastic. And it's, it's really promising stuff from the Packers early, even though like a 14 and 12 final isn't sexy, right? Like it's not exciting, but it, it shows a lot of promise and it shows that the Packers still have plenty to improve upon. And I think that they'll absolutely make a lot of those adjustments. Yeah, the sloppy ball is what I've been like most surprised about. I think the Packers offense has had more turnovers than I would have expected from them. Um, And I I mean, 
it's just different. Like Matt LaFleur, I feel like since he came to Green Bay has been all about the turnover battles and all about like no self-inflicting wounds and playing clean. So it does feel a little bit like out of character for one of his teams, but you said it, it's early. And I'm sure, I mean, those are things you're just going to have to clean up because you can't go, you know, into Buffalo in a couple of weeks. Like the bills are going to capitalize on, on those kinds of mistakes. Now it helps when your defense also for is forcing turnovers and kind of negating, if you will, offenses mistakes, but I don't like relying on those. Right. I think we've talked about this, like high turnover rate. I think the Packers had like, what was it like in the teens of interceptions the last a couple of seasons ago? And like those aren't repeatable types of things, if you will. So I think you just need to the offense needs to be cleaner. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I think it's kind of funny, too, to, to think about, like, at least me personally, like how spoiled we are by such perfect quarterback play. Like, Aaron Rodgers to have, through three games, four touchdowns and two interceptions, it's like, oh, that's so weird for him. Even though, like, that's a completely reasonable stat line. And it just means that he's, I feel like, when he plays in the boundaries of the offense and the Matt LaFleur scheme, things are clicking really well. And I think we saw a lot of that in the first half. And it's like you said, he got kind of happy feet in the second half kind of felt like he needed to make some things happen. And when he just is able to kind of accept the offense for what it is, they're able to move the chains effectively. And I think it's it's promising and it's it's really nice to see that he is able to abide by the restrictions of the offense. And, you know, the Packers still through three weeks are really spreading the ball around. Romeo yeah. obviously now leads the team with 16 targets. Tunyon second on the team with 14 targets, which is interesting. And then you've got Aaron Jones in third with 12 targets. So still really trying to spread the ball around. Um, but I think it's it's nice and comforting that Aaron Rodgers can play like a human, even though we know he's capable of playing like an MVP. And this offense can still find success even when he's making mistakes because now they have a defense that can mitigate some of those mistakes. Yeah, I mean, even though with the interception, like he still had, you know, went 27 for 35, 255 right. yards, two touchdowns. Like that is a very, very good day. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we just like literally expect perfection from him because he's the most turnover adverse quarterback. I think like to ever we've ever exist. seen yeah. <laughs> like to literally ever exist. His touchdown to interception ratio is the best in the history of the NFL. So there is some spoiled spoiledness there. Um, we got to talk about the biggest news, which I can't believe we even <laughs> didn't start the show with, which is we saw the return of David Bakhtiari. Um, that was huge. They did a snap count. It was a bit of a rotation with N- Yash Nyman, which I don't think I've ever seen before um, any kind of offensive lineman rotation in that sense. It worked out um for the most part i believe obviously david finished out the game which i take as a good sign matt lafleur and staff haven't said anything about how he feels post game but i think that he was playing in the fourth quarter to me feels like a good sign um 
I don't know how <laughs> the players feel about that kind of rotation or how it impacted the offense and how Rodgers played. Um, I don't know if they would actually give an honest answer about how they felt about that, to be honest. But um, it ended up working out. They won. David looked great. Um, and so hopefully he can stay healthy and kind of continue this trend towards playing and hopefully playing a full game. Um, but by all accounts, like I was so I think just like the energy going into that game with him was probably a huge boost as well. Yeah, I thought it was really like they kind of talked to Rogers about it a little bit. They talked to LaFleur about it and David, you know, didn't say much about it, but he said that they were really adverse to it because, you know, one of the the key points we always talk about along the offensive line is consistency. So it's like, can you really develop consistency and cohesion when you're rotating out every series? But, you know, Matt LaFleur said it, there was no drop off. And that's a credit to Yash Nyman as well. David Bakhtiari, obviously, you don't expect him to come in and look like an all pro. I think he gave up one pressure, but still played really well you know they scored on his drive they scored on Yash Nyman's first drive so it it says a lot I think about the depth as well and you know the Packers got a good one in Yash assuming that he can develop into potentially being that backup tackle I know he kind of favors left over the right side but yeah really kind of a motivational boost I think to have David Bakhtiari back probably feels good for him as well and it makes sense honestly to, to come back and have your first game in what is it 18 months be Tampa or yeah. I know I know we played the you know the couple series and against the Lions last year, but your real game action back when it's like ninety five degrees and you know I I think easing him into it is is gonna only help him long term and we'll see kind of what that looks like on Sunday if he's able to play maybe the entire game. I know fans have been really impatient about him coming back and. I get that, right? It's David Bakhtiari. He's been one of the best left tackles in the league. He just got the big contract. But if he comes back now and is actually healthy and can stay with this team for the rest of the season through the through the tough parts, through the parts of the season where you want him to be healthy, I think you need to give all the credit to this coaching staff and to these trainers for – doing what they needed to do and maybe taking a lot longer than he would want a lot longer than this offense would want a lot longer than fans would want to get him back, but it's worth it if he stays healthy and feels good. And I totally agree with you about this game in particular. I mean, we saw Alan Lazard puke on the (laughs) sidelines and Josh Myers go down with cramps. Mm -hmm. So this was not the game to push David to play the full game and they didn't need to because Yash plays well as well. So um, I'm excited to kind of follow this week and see how David's feeling and hopefully he has no setbacks. I'm calling him him David, like we're besties (laughs) Um, and, and just fingers crossed that everything's good and we can get him back full, full time. Yeah, and I mean, I know that the entire NFL can be a series of like ifs and buts, but it was really nice to see the way that the Packers kind of let the Vikings game week one slip through their fingers, them to capitalize and like hang on uh, for this really gritty win against the Bucks because you know that could have like playoff or tiebreaker implications later on. And I think one of the reasons that they weren't able to hold on against the Vikings had a lot to do with the offensive line. So to have Elton Jenkins at right tackle, to have David Bakhtiari potentially back long-term at left tackle, what was it? The Eagles, I think, had nine sacks against Carson Wentz on Sunday. And obviously, you know, you could argue that that says a lot about Washington's offensive line, but they're going to play some really stout defensive fronts. If yes. they see the Bucks again, Keem Hicks will probably be back. They have to see the Vikings again. So just they're going to go it, have to go up against Von Miller in and that Bills defensive front, which is 
kind of what I have my eye on as, as you all can do. Yeah. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. Anything right. else on the offense for a switch to the defense? No, I mean, I think we, co- we covered kind of the, the, the biggest pieces of it, just a lot of growing pain still. Um, my only question actually, and we, then we can switch to the defense is like, is the, rotating if you will of weapons the last three weeks because Rodgers has played he's had both his backs right but the wide receivers have kind of healthy not healthy rotating in and out pretty much besides Cobb I'm, I'm wondering if that's also affecting it um if he's just like all right who do I have this week to throw to um I feel like Matt LaFleur can game plan really well I'm sure he has every weapon you know, in the script and has like, he clearly scripted up things for, for Dobbs this right. week because Dobbs was healthy and, and able to play. But I do wonder if the healthy, not healthy in out all the time does impact the way this offense can run. Yeah. And I mean, like we talked about it, you know, last week when they all said like, Hey, there's packages for each of these guys. And, you know, we'll see more of like the Watson package and, you know, Lafleur. it sounded like in his post-game presser, you know, was, was talking he felt bad about Sammy Watkins. He said like, maybe we push these guys a little bit too hard and you know, there's a lot of soft tissue injuries early and maybe these are things that we could be avoiding. So the fact that he's on IR now was really unfortunate because he had such a, such kind of like a, a homecoming or coming out party against the bears. And we thought like, wow, he's going to be a really impressive addition to this offense. And thank God that Alan Lazard is back for Rogers because you can tell that he's such a security blanket and really quickly too, before we switch to the defense, I just feel like Randall Cobb deserves, you know, a little bit of a shout out for being underrated in the offense and not getting too many looks. I mean, he's only had eight targets so far this season, 108 yards, but he is making the biggest plays you could argue for this offense. He's consistently moving the chains. He's always where he needs to be on third downs. He's, he's the Rogers guy still. And we talked about like, if he has 500 yards and three touchdowns, is that a good year for him? And it absolutely is because when he's on the field, he's making an impact regardless of what the stats, the stats show. Yeah. And he's on pace for that right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, he's, he's coming up in the big moments. I, I think the stat line and his amount of targets don't do justice for the amount that he does for this offense. And I mean, 32 years old, the guy's still got wheels. Yeah. Um, while we're giving shout outs to the to the offense, and I know we, we have to talk about this defensive performance. Um, I do want to say again, I'm, I said it last week, and I'm going to repeat myself, what Alan Lazard does for this offense in the way that he blocks cannot yeah. be understated. Like, again, you look at his stats, four receptions, 45 yards, the one touchdown, you're like, okay. And maybe fantasy owners, me in particular, are like, <laughs> come on, Alan, we want more. But what he does in the run game, what he did for Dobbs on his t- his touchdown with the little rub, like that just cannot be understated how important he is in this offense. And like you said, just so, so glad to have him back after week one. Yeah, and I mean, five straight games now with a touchdown. Five consecutive games for Lazard, so... Clearly, you know, he's going to keep doing what he's doing and Rodgers is going to look for him in the red zone. Obviously, I think at this point, the biggest weapon that Rodgers has in the red zone, you know, it was yeah. Tunyon a few years ago, always had been Devante. I think Lazard's kind of the guy this year, at least early for Rodgers with that comfort that he has. And literally big and literally <laughs> the biggest until Christian Watson comes back. So yeah. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 